few different rulemakings that the FMC has been directed to undertake. But how do rulemakings work? At what point will you be able to weigh in? And what topics will the FMC tackle? They're big ones. I'll break it down. Hi, welcome to By Land and By Sea, an attorney breaking down the week in supply chain, presented by the Maritime Professor. That's me. I'm Lauren Began, founder of the Maritime Professor and Squall Strategies, and I'm your favorite maritime attorney. Join me every week as we walk through both ocean transport and surface transport topics in the wild world of supply chain. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice, and there is no attorney-client privilege created by this video. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. So before we get into the discussion of the day, let's go through my top three stories of the week. <laughs> so story number one. It's not a story so much as an announcement. By Land and by Sea is a podcast. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts. Listen while you drive to the beach, commute to work, make dinner, sit in the camp pickup line. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, add this one to the rotation. I also reference my old shows quite a bit, as you probably have noticed in my By Land and by Sea episodes. But you can now go and download the old shows and get up to speed on pretty much everything, all the big topics that are happening in the supply chain that have happened and continue to happen in the world of global supply chain and global ocean shipping. Look, here's actually a little tip. If you listen to the podcast at 1.5 times speed, 1.5x speed, it goes by faster without really sounding like the Tweety Bird voice. Um, you know... I speak pretty fast, so there are some parts that are going to be a little bit off. But in general, you won't really notice the difference, and you're going to be covering so much more ground in a shorter amount of time. 1.5 speed, that's the, that's the ticket. I've had such dense topics recently that I've had episodes go past 30 minutes, some even closer to 45 minutes. Look, I try to keep it to the 30-ish minute mark, uh, but if you do go to the podcast link, you can speed me up and get all the great information. Check it out. So story number two. I reposted this yesterday. So CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, announced that they're going to be hosting a public workshop to discuss basic cybersecurity measures that should be in place to ensure critical infrastructure systems meet a minimum baseline level of cybersecurity needed to protect essential operations. The feedback from this workshop is actually going to be used. It's going to be helping to inform the final version of the cybersecurity performance goals, or as they're calling it, the common baseline. So this is part of a coordinated effort with NIST, NIST, uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, and other federal agencies, and really benefiting from feedback by partners across the country. So the coordinated effort has created a common baseline for cross-sector cybersecurity performance goals. This is great. This is such a Wild West industry, but with such huge importance. Um, it all feels so foreign. Cybersecurity, don't get me wrong, feels very foreign. But I really encourage you to trudge through some of it. Some of the cybersecurity jargon, I promise it's going to start making sense pretty quickly, even if you're not very techie. Um, you know, it's 
it's going to give you a new sense of urgency on why you should, and really you're going to discover why you should have a long time ago, started taking this really seriously. Cybersecurity over our infrastructure and over our operational technology, not just our informational technology, our IT, but our operational technology, the cranes, the anything that's connected to the internet. Internet of things is just meaning that it's connected to the internet. IoT, you'll see the jargon. It gets all very kind of clubby. Um, once you start having some of the baseline jargon, it all makes a lot more sense. So I encourage you to really either attend this webinar um, or this this discussion group, or you know start paying attention to the cybersecurity. Um, you know, go over to CISA. They have a couple trainings that are a one on one on cybersecurity. I really encourage you to go over there and check it out. It's going to be important to have that baseline knowledge. Story number three, not so much a story, but a piece of information. Did you know that the Federal Maritime Commission had area reps? They're just that. Federal Maritime Commission representatives that are out in the industry, closer to the action. Bring them in on the discussions about bogus free time policies, inconsistent invoicing, just really anything that you're seeing in the industry that you want them to look into. I've heard a lot in discussion groups, on, especially on LinkedIn, talking about, um, you know, it, there, there's been some crazy stuff happening out in the industry and people say, oh, I wish the FMC would pay attention. Here's your chance. This is the way to do that, to get the FMC to pay attention, to get the FMC clued in. That's why they have these area reps. They really want to make sure that they also understand not just the DC perspective, but they're out in the industry. They understand what's going on in the different regions. They have quite a few of them. Um, gosh, maybe six, eight. Um, so they're all over in the different areas. There's LA Long Beach, there's New York, there's Florida, I believe there's Texas. Um, you know, they're, they're all over the country. And so if you have one that's even remotely close, or even if it's just kind of in your area, reach out to them, bring them in on the discussion. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we covered the FMC's webinar on how to file a claim or complaint at the commission. Go back, have a listen. It's in my podcast library by Land and by Sea. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but that episode really talks a little bit more about what the FMC area reps can do for you and what they can't do for you. I mean, it's just a, it's just basically filing a complaint. They're going to go look into it. They're not going to look into it on your behalf, but they will look into it in general on behalf of the industry. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of the day. The Ocean Shipping Reform Act of 2022. We keep talking about it. We covered this in more detail a few weeks ago. Joe, check it out on my podcast by Land and by Sea and for all my previous episodes. But here's a little refresher. So the Ocean Shipping Reform Act of 2022 was passed by the Senate, then sent to and passed to the House of Representatives. Remember Schoolhouse Rock? I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. So side note, I totally encourage you to go re-listen to some of those old songs. They're actually really informative and probably way above kids' heads. Because as I was looking through the, the lyrics, it just, everything kind of pulled together. Um, it's just kind of perfect for adults, especially right now that have some basic knowledge of congressional process. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. Then Ozra moved over to the president, as the school, schoolhouse rock explains, uh, moved over to the president, signed Ozra 22 on June 16th, and voila, we have a law. So there's one specific area that went into right away um, that, that, I want to point out there were some things that that had a little bit of lead time or a little bit of lag time. Um, there were some things that were implemented right away, and there was a little confusion on this. I think the confusion was really, really like that changed like that. Um, yes, yes, it did. So um, this is the outlining of specific items that are now required to be part of detention and demerge invoices. 
So the whole list, billing practices, statutorily mandated minimum information now includes that needs to be included on these invoicing, um, date the containers made available, the port of discharge, the container number or numbers um, for exported shipments, the earliest return date, the allowed free time in days, the start day of free time, the end day of free time, the applicable detention or demerge rule on which the daily rate is based. So that's pointing back to the rule. The applicable rate or rates that is said in that applicable rule. The total amount due, seems like that would obviously be there, but you never know, the total amount due. The email, telephone number, or other appropriate contact information for questions or requests for mitigation of fees. This is that dispute resolution piece where you can actually have somebody that you're supposed to call and you don't get the runaround. These are the most two interesting pieces that are included, but required a statement on the invoice that the charges are consistent with any federal, excuse me, a statement on the charges that are consistent with any federal maritime commission rules with respect to detention and demurrage, very blanket statement. And another that says a statement that the common carrier's performance did not cause or contribute to the underlying invoice charges. That one's a little bit strange because it's not always the common carrier that's issuing these invoices. But regardless, those two statements need to also be on the invoices. So if in an inaccurate invoice, if the commission determines after an investigation in response to a charge complaint, so we talked about charge complaints, what happens if you have a complaint about the charges on the invoice, then an invoice was inaccurate or false. If the FMC determines that penalties or refunds can be applied. Um, it's also interesting, and if any of this is not information that is not included in the invoice, then there's actually an elimination of any obligation of the charged party to pay the applicable charge. Let me say that another way. The law says you don't have to pay it if the information is not included. Now, let me remind you, this is not legal advice. This is for educational purposes. I recommend you go check out the law itself, talk to your attorney. Um, but that's what the law says. The law basically says you don't have to pay it if any of that information, that long list of information is not included on the on the invoice. Let's read the, the language of the law. So it's section F, elimination of charge obligation. Failure to include the information required under subsection D on any invoice, which was the list of the information, with any demerge or detention charge shall eliminate any obligation of the charged party to pay the applicable charge. I mean, look, I would also be a little nervous to not pay that. I mean, but this is the uncertainty, even though this is all pretty clear. It's very straightforward. Yes, it seems that you don't need to pay if any of those very brand new, no wiggle room, no lead time, no lag time, instantly, uh, you know, effective upon signing. If any of that stuff is not on those invoices um, of June 16th, then you don't have to pay. I mean, it just feels a little... I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm a little nervous about it. But, you know, the FMC actually released an in, a statement on it. Um, you know, I mean, you could, you could potentially say I'm not paying because you forgot to include the FMC statement at the bottom of the invoice. Look, like I said, educational purposes, not legal advice. Chat with your attorney if you want to make any any drastic decisions, um, any rash decisions here. But, um, you know, check it out. See what happens in your specific instance. This is general educational discussion. So the FMC, look, released a statement saying, yes, these provisions went into effect and all regulated entities are now required to oblige. But still, I get it. It's a little it's a little unsettling, I guess. Um, But, you know, we forge on. This is uh, this is really interesting. I, I suggest you go back and look at the invoice requirements now. What happens if the invoice doesn't include all of those things and talk to your attorney? So what else happened in OSRA 22? 
Well, the law directs the FMC to initiate some rulemakings. And we're about a week or 10 days away from the first one. So I wanted to cover it. So what are what were the rulemakings? So we have three. So we have unreasonable refusal to deal, which started 30 days from June 16th. So really, we're maybe a week, 10 days. We're talking July 16th-ish. We're going to have the first rulemaking come out on unreasonable refusal to deal. This isn't going to be the final rule. I, I fully expect it will not be the final rule. I think that this will just be the beginning discussion. I don't know if it's going to start with an advanced notice proposed rulemaking, but we'll get into all of that. The next rulemaking is detention and demerge prohibited practices. That's 45 days from June 16th. So we're looking early August. I mean, that's 15 days after this next one. This this rulemaking is going to be released next week. Um, we'll have another one early August. And then the third one is unfair or unjust discriminatory methods, which is 60 days from June 16th. So we're talking late August, early September. So unreasonable, unreasonable refusal to deal. So what the law says, rulemaking on unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate with respect to vessel space accommodations. So not later than 30 days after the date of enactment, so June 16th, the FMC in consultation with the Commandant of the Coast Guard. So they had 30 days to chat with the Coast Guard and come up with some language. Shall initiate a rulemaking defining unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate with respect to vessel space. Um, as amended by the section, the FMC shall issue a final rule not later than six months after this date of enactment. So six months from June 16th. So there's a requirement to finish this up in six months um, and also start it right away. So unreasonable refusal to deal is a beast of a subject. I'm not sure that this can adequately be handled in six months. So here's my call to everyone listening. Um, Again, general educational information, but here's my call. Get your thoughts together on this. Do you have instances where you had a carrier unreasonably refuse to engage with you in business? Did you have an instance where you were denied vessel space? Did you have an instance where you might be worried that you might have an unreasonable refusal to deal or just the world in which unreasonable refusal to deal comes into play? Pull these examples together. Get your thoughts together. This one's probably going to go quick. Um, So with the recent rulemakings out of the FMC, we've seen advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. That's what we saw when we saw the detention and demerge billing practices as one of the methods for rulemaking. So this method, this advanced notice of proposed rulemaking, this ANPRM, is casting a wide net. They want to pull the industry first before they go too far. And that's what an ANPRM is. It's kind of asking questions to the industry before they start moving forward. Um, I would expect this rulemaking to go that route, or I would have expected But with the quick turnaround, they don't really have the time to pull the crowd and leave it open for 30, 60, sometimes 90 days for comment period. Shoot, 90 days is half of the time they have to finalize the whole rule. And that would only be the first step. So we have the advanced notice proposed rulemaking should the agency decide to go that route. But if they don't, then they also have the notice of proposed rulemaking. So at that step, they usually draft some language, put it out there saying this is probably the direction we're going with this rule. Any thoughts from the industry? Um, usually there's some language drafted, like I said. So this is also a chance to weigh in. So even if the FMC goes straight to the notice of proposed rulemaking, the NPRM, you can still submit your thoughts. And so you need to get your thoughts together and you need to be ready. This might only be a 30-day comment period. Um, So after that stage, the NPRM is the final rule. Usually this is only stopped by adverse comments that directly address the proposed language. So at that point, if you're going to direct final rule or if you're going to final rule, you're pretty much, I mean, you got maybe 30 days. You must, you got to have something really big that's going to stop this. Um, it's still a comment period, but, um, and sometimes the comment period can be waived, but usually that's only for non-controversial. So the second rulemaking, detention and demerge prohibited practices. So 45 days from June 16th, 
early August. The rule says rulemaking on detention or demerge or detention in general, not later than 45 days after the enactment of this act, June 16th, the FMC shall initiate a rulemaking further defining prohibited practices by common carriers, marine terminal operators, shippers, and ocean transportation intermediaries. Regarding the assessment of demerge and detention charges, the FMC shall issue a final rule not later than one year after the date of this enactment. So they have a little bit more time here. You know, what this rule really gets at and what it talks about, actually, this, this is continuing on. The rule shall only seek to further clarify reasonable rules and practices related to the assessment of detention and demerge charges to address the issues identified in the final rule. So the FMC identify or, or put out a final rule, um, an interpretive rule on May 18th, 2020. I recommend you go back and check that out. So May 18th, 2020, they issued interpretive rule on demerge and detention under the Shipping Act, including a determination, the law continues, of which parties may be appropriately billed for any demerge, detention, or other similar per container charge. So at least with this rule, they have a year to finish it up. This is a follow-up to the um, this is a follow-up to the May 18, 2020 interpretive rule on detention and emergence that the FMC previously released. We also covered this in a previous by land and by sea episode. Did I mention it's a podcast? <laughs> so go find that old episode, listen to it while you're driving to the beach, commuting to work, you know, you know the drill. Go check out that old op- episode. So that episode, we talk about the May 18, 2020 interpretive rule on detention and emerge. You know, it's interesting that they specifically call out, including a determination of which parties may be appropriately billed for any demurrage or detention or other similar container charges. This is something that I mentioned in the invoice requirements. Um, I I don't know. This is this is something that it's it's are people triple paying? I mean, is that part of the 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 um, generating and, and profiteering off of this world is that if it's not clear who needs to pay it, but you need to pay it in order to clear the cargo, you just pay it. Um, I think that's what they're talking about here. I think that's what they're trying to clean up. If you have instances of that, certainly keep that in mind. Certainly write that down and get ready to file some comments because that's the kind of stuff. And maybe not even file. So don't even wait for the comments. Send that to your area rep. Just start the conversation with your area rep because that's the stuff that the FMC really wants to clean up. If there's clearly bad stuff happening, the FMC wants to know about it. They'll determine for themselves if it's bad or not, but at least it's brought to their attention and they can check it out. So the third of the super speed rulemaking summer is unfair or unjust discriminatory methods. So this is 60 days from June 16th. So we're talking mid-August, early September. Um, So there isn't a lot of prescriptive text on this one, but it is arguably one of the most important rules that they will attack. So the law says rulemaking or on unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods not later than 60 days after the date of enactment, the FMC shall initiate a rulemaking defining unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods. Um, the FMC has a year to finalize this rulemaking. So the FMC, like I said, has a year to finish this one up. They will begin to attack the definition of unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods, which, what is that? So a common carrier, either alone or in conjunction with any person directly or indirectly, shall not unreasonably refuse cargo space accommodations when available or resort to other unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods. That is what is required in the Shipping Act right now. A common carrier may not unreasonably refuse cargo space accommodations when available, or resort to other unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods. There's a lot to unpack here. This is a lot that could be included in unfair or unjustly discriminatory methods. This is going to be imperative of the industry to lean in and be part of this comment period, be part of this discussion. 
This one's going to hit, like I said, mid-August, early September. So get those thoughts together before we go too deep into July and August. You're going to want to keep notes on on all of this so that when so you're ready to write your comments and you're ready to go. This is a critical moment for the industry to weigh in. This has been so very fact intensive. And mind you, it will likely keep the flexibility. This rulemaking will likely keep the flexibility of analysis for the FMC commissioners for when they're faced with a formal complaint. But this rulemaking is going to start to build those guardrails. This is going to start to build the foundation that the industry has been so desperately needing and requesting, really. So that's it. That's what's coming up. These are pivotal rulemakings. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, get ready now. Poll your members if you're an association. Talk about these issues. Solicit feedback. If you're a business, write down examples. Pull together some information. Pull together now in a clean, clear, coherent way. Um, and get it together. You know, like I said, area reps are available for you to send if you have specific examples. But if you want to pull together general thoughts without the specificity, start pulling that together. Get your thoughts together. These are all going to quick hit very quickly. And these are going to have comment periods that are probably going to be 30. I don't know if we're going to see a 60 day on this because they have so much to do, um, especially that first one that needs only six months to get done. So, you know, unfortunately, the FMC has been given an impossible task list, <laughs> but they're thorough and they're driven. And you know what? They might just get it all done and they're going to try to do a dang good job of it too, especially. So everyone, especially the FMC wants to see these pain points go away. They want this mess cleaned up. They want bad guys brought to justice and bad practices eliminated. It's supposed to be a fair process. Let's get it there. And they're going to do their due diligence. They are going to look at it themselves just because you're filing complaints or just because you're, you're tipping them off. Doesn't mean that they're going to side with you. They want to go through and they want to check it all out. They want to see what's going on. Business practices. It's all about the fair and efficient movement of goods. And so if anything is hindering that, the fair and efficient movement of goods, that's something the FMC wants to see. Look, we as an industry need to be ready with our industry expertise. That's how we all do this together. We can't pass the buck. This is the time we get our hands dirty to clean up the industry. And maybe if we're lucky, we can go back to being a forgotten afterthought of how consumer goods arrived at our door. Just kidding. I actually love being able to talk about the global supply chain, <laughs> but maybe let's stay in the conversation for good stories, not for bad and frustrations. We don't want any any um, questions about whether Santa's going to show up again this year. Look, it looks like we might actually be headed back into congestion territory. I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year, mostly because we know better now, but we know to diversify ports of entry. We know to plan early for Christmas and back to school and even maybe next spring or summer. But there's a lot going on out there. We have labor contract negotiations happening right now, working on an expired contract. We have freight from China cascading from the zero COVID policy that suffocated trade for so long. We have inflation. We have gas prices. There's a lot. And every piece of the supply chain is being tested again or even still. I'm, I'm not even sure if anybody really got a break. There were some um, instances that there were some breaks, but for the most part, we've been under pressure for a long time. Look, let's stay with it, folks. We're getting there. If we clean up the regulatory side, that will have a cascade effect. Guardrails will eliminate the bad guys and bad acting, or at least it'll start to. The fear of the FMC will hopefully return. I mean, did it leave? And, and now hopefully that'll grow. And I only say fear of the FMC because that'll keep people honest. That'll keep people doing the right thing. That'll keep people moving toward the fair and efficient movement of goods. So let's keep watching all of this. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes, it should not be construed to be legal advice directly related to your matter. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. 
But if you have a specific legal question, feel free to reach out to me through my legal company, Squall Strategies. Otherwise, for the non-legal questions, for the e-learning and general industry information and insights, come find me at The Maritime Professor. If you like these videos, let me know. Comment, like, and share. If you missed any previous videos, these videos live on my YouTube page by Landon by Sea, presented by The Maritime Professor. And while you're at it, go check out the website, themaritimeprofessor.com. And did I mention this is a podcast? Go check out our podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can download past episodes. You can sort through. It's going to really clean up the cataloging. So until next week, this is Lauren Began, the Maritime Professor, and you've just listened to By Land and By Sea. See you next time.